0: Houston um before we get started with the episode we want to say a uh, shout out to them rockets man we need them rockets to do something in the playoffs this year game 2 is going on while we do this episode i want to start the episode off by saying that my sister is doing a prom giveaway so to the parents out there whose kids have not been to the prom yet my sister is doing a prom giveaway and for more details get with me and i'll get with her chef hello Before we start this episode off, do you have anything you want to say?
1: Hello, Houston. Thank you for embracing me and uh, allowing me to bring a taste of New Orleans to your city.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, Without further ado, let's get into the show, man. Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Dear John, The iconic legend Quincy Jones said, To know where you came from makes it easier for you to get where you're going. Sean Diddy Combs said, Everyone has challenges and lessons to learn. We wouldn't be who we are without them. If 2018 and the last six years taught you something, it's that anything is attainable with the right focus and determination. Continue to build. Continue to promote your vision. Continue to inspire creativity and make more creatives. In closing, Nas said, no idea is original. There's nothing new under the sun. It's never what you do, but how it's done. The first chapter of your visions movements is done. However, you're still a visionary. Peace and blessings. John Ross."
2: Yo I feel like ninety-five, on my body, Biggie, chicken puppy, all that is
0: a hobby and i in my Houston, Texas, welcome back to episode number twelve of the what's of the What's Next Podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. My name is John Ross Dyke, and uh, before we get started with the episode, I want to introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation later on. Okay. You can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke still underscore visionary. Uh my website is stillvisionary.com. Connect with me on LinkedIn. Subscribe to my YouTube channel and uh subscribe and like my fan page. Chef.
1: I'm at celebrity chef Nurika's bowls on Instagram, uh, Nureka Henderson Facebook. The website is www.brunchtourwithnurika.com. dot com.
0: So, um, First of all, I want to start off by saying this uh, publicly on my platform that um, I don't say this to too many women, but um, I got genuine love for you. And uh, the reason why I say that, Houston, Texas, let me take you back to circa uh, March 23rd, 2019. I know that date better than I know my own birthday because that's the birthday of my wife. And uh, I went on episode seven and I said that... um, sometimes as a, sometimes as a creative, you get to the point where you're so focused on that journey that you uh ignore your significant other on on the uh on that journey right so uh, I tried to uh piece together some trash presentation for my wife's birthday <laughs> yes, <laughs> and she <did. laughs> and she said, yes, you did, <laughs> and needless to say it wasn't right so uh let me let me fast forward a little bit. My homegirl Takara uh Taylor um referred me to you and my frat brother Edric Neal uh gave me front of me the money to to be able to pay for your uh expertise but you came through for me in such a short notice man and it it just kinda it brought me out the doghouse if I can be honest. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about you man. Um yo let's start from the beginning with you. What is it that you do and uh Uh, bring us up to up to april the 30th 2019
1: well i am a culinary expert i specialize in creole cajun and soul food i'm a new orleanian okay um so i basically can prepare anything Mm -hmm. uh that Mm -hmm. will put you in the mind of new orleans cuisine Mm -hmm. i also do as you were speaking of i specialize in romantic evenings for couples okay um I do catering. I do personal chef services. I've owned three restaurants since Katrina. Okay. And in transition and coming out of a marriage, uh, I am going to be opening my next one soon.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, what is it about New Orleans food um, that people in Texas love? What is it about the way y'all cook that we love?
1: I mean, it's unique. Uh, okay. Our food has a spirit that's okay okay (laughs) i mean it's hard to 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 translate it into words yeah but i would say that our food uh it's comforting um it's definitely soul food and uh, it's closely linked to french cuisine okay so it's just it's just awesome
0: okay um so so tell us a little bit about yourself you said you're from new orleans um what part of new orleans new orleans are you from
1: I grew up in the Ninth Ward on Desire and Claiborne.
0: Okay. And Ninth Ward, um, I'm not from New Orleans. I've only been a few times. You got to kind of paint the picture as to where that is. is,
1: uh, It's uh, about maybe uh, 10 minutes from the CBD area. Ah, uh, the French Quarter area. Okay. Because I didn't live in the Lower Ninth Ward. I lived in what they refer to as the Upper Ninth Ward. Okay. So uh, Desire and Claiborne. Desire in between Claiborne and Robertson is where I live. Okay. In a shotgun house. I grew up in a shotgun house.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, I attended McDonald Thirty Five, a college preparatory high school. Okay. And I married young, so I moved to the Metairie area. Okay. Um, rather quickly.
0: Okay. Okay. So um, listen. What I like to do on the podcast is I like to bring, bring creatives out and, and bringing these creatives out, I like to see where our journeys parallel. You uh, came to my spot, you prepared a dish, like and it seemed like it was um, out of the whim. We had a conversation prior and you, you just prepared this, uh, this meal. And when I was watching you prepare this meal, I was like, damn, how is it that you're doing what you're doing? So take us through the process that you take um, into creating whatever you made right here. What, what Houston, Texas, this right here, I don't know if you can see it, but this right here is what? What is what is this it's that you... It's
1: gourmet deviled eggs. Okay. And they're topped with oysters, fried okay. oysters. There's also a signature sauce on top that okay. is a hot sauce.
0: Hot sauce. hmm that I make. So can I have one? Yeah. Oh, so, okay, so while you talk to us about how you do what you do, I'm a, um I'm going a to have a couple of these eggs if you don't awesome, mind. To, awesome. If you don't mind. Go ahead. Go yes. ahead. Yes.
1: So, uh, basically, we're going to take your uh, event, for instance. Okay. So, I got the phone call on a Saturday, and I actually had plans, but, <laughs> yeah, I had plans. <laughs> but I had got a call from Takara, who is my client, my friend, and my esthetician, mm, and mm. she was adamant about, you really needed me, and- you know, I really needed to squeeze you in and blah, blah, blah. So I called you mm-hmm. and uh I, I quoted you my price. I said, you know, it's not going to come cheap. I mean, yeah. it's last minute. And besides, I mean, I, my services just aren't cheap. I can't, mm-hmm. I, I can't afford to do it. You know, mm-hmm. I have to live. I have to Let eat. me
0: interrupt you right there because when you when you told me that price, man, I looked at my, all my accounts. Really? <laughs> I looked at all. I was like, uh I, i had because this is the thing price
1: because i gave you a discount based on her no
0: no doubt because takara is my people yeah we've been i've been knowing takara for uh, my whole professional career as an actor Mm -hmm. right and so at first i was like nah takara i don't know if it's gonna work and she was like trust me i got it just just follow my lead and do it and so i hit you up and then and then so you hit me the price but fast forward that go ahead on what you were saying
1: so, yeah, I gave him a price and, you know, he was like, OK, I'm a cash app. You. So <laughs> I don't think anything is official until I get that cash. Oh, yeah, no app, doubt. Know? No so doubt. I'm like, I hear you, but I hadn't got the cash app. So maybe 20, 30 minutes later, ding, ding, I get the cash app. So I'm like, no oh, doubt, serious. <laughs> I'm like, OK, now I can start planning. Mm. So what, what we're going to do is because I'm sure you don't mind me saying, because he's already expressed to you guys that I kind of got him out the doghouse. So I'll just go into a little bit more detail. Yeah.
0: Talk, talk, that talk, man. Let's go. And,
1: And say that, you know, initially I was like, well, I'd like you guys to come out to my spot. I'll, mm. I'll set up a brunch. I'll, mm. I'll do it in her favorite colors. I'll do this. I'll do that. And he was honest enough to say to me, look, she's not going to go anywhere with me. Mm. So I'm thinking like, oh, Lord, I got to pull out everything and I got to get to his location. So he gave me the rundown. She's a nurse.
3: Mm.
1: And I asked questions so that I can create the perfect Uh, situation Mm
0: -hmm.
3: and
1: that's kind of why I specialize in it because you tell me your situation Mm -hmm. you pay me and Mm -hmm. I I basically make magic happen no doubt no doubt so I got the details that she was working overnight so I knew that I would have to get up very early the next morning (laughs) even though I was out doing something else but I'm like okay I got this so I say look this is what we're gonna do when she comes in from work in her scrubs because she's a nurse I'm going to be there and I'm going to have everything set up and I'm going to wow her. Mm. So he's like, whatever you got to do, you know, I'm just, he's all in. Yeah, yeah. So another funny thing was that morning, I know exactly how much time I need to execute what I need to do. But that morning he didn't see me <laughs> until like the final hour. Yeah. And yeah. he was nervous. And oh, I'm like, I got this. Shook. I got this. Like I'll pull up with the beautiful flower arrangement. I have boxes. I have bags. I'm like, look, I just need you to help me carry everything.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So I get in. I I set up everything. I had to revamp because you know how men are. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, look at my canvas. I need to get this together. So I I get everything set up. You know, I start playing the music and then I just start cooking. And the exciting part too for me was when we were waiting for her to pull up. Mm -hmm. You know, he he was trying to gauge how far away she was. Mm -hmm. And all of that is so exciting for me. I like surprising people. So... Anyway, we get to the point that she finally walks in,
3: mm.
1: and guys, I'm just be truthful and, go t- and ahead, say this, this in front is, listen, of him. I haven't expressed ahead. this to him yet. Go ahead, go ahead. But man. When I say she was like my biggest challenge, I'll yeah. say that.
3: Oh yeah, because
1: that yeah. lady was mad
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> when
1: she came in. She looked at me like, "What the hell are you doing <laughs> in my kitchen?" <laughs> you know, most women come in. I'm in my chef coat. They 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 know they're being wild. They're like, "Oh my god!" Like. And then she looked at him like, what is this? Mm -hmm. But when she realized, guys, what I was doing and what he had set up for her and the energy that he had put into it, when I tell you she cried, Mm. I cried, guys. I had to turn around like, oh, my God, okay, I'm dropping tears. It was so, it was a beautiful moment. But in that moment, I knew, I said, you know what, you a bad mother, you you a bad somebody (laughs) because I knew I had did it. So I looked at him, I'm like, Thumbs up, like, you good, you good, you good. So it was just beautiful. He was happy. You saw the look on his face of like, wow, you know, my wife is in a good place again. Yeah. Like this work. And she was just, she just felt like the queen that she should have felt like. Because when you hire me to come in and wow somebody, whoever you hire me to wow, I go out of my way to cater to them. Yeah, The dishes, from dishes, the colors of the flowers, everything I bring in is going to be their favorite color and what they like. She's an AKA. Mm. So we brought in pinks and greens and down to the napkins and the utensils. So I pay attention to details, and that's what you pay me for.
3: Yeah.
1: Um. So she enjoyed herself. She, I, I think, one of her favorite things was the boudin. I brought that in mm-hmm. as an appetizer. We did shrimp and grits. Mm-hmm. We also did chicken and waffles. We did fresh fruit. Um. What did we do for dessert? Did we do oh, the
0: the peach cobbler?
1: And also the beignets too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they, I mean, they had a whole spread. They had a lavish buffet for two. And because she was pregnant, I did a juice bar for her. I did um. Uh, Cranberry juice, pineapple juice, orange juice, and apple, a, juice. apple juice. Yeah, she had whatever juice she thought she may have wanted. And, of course, I had some nice champagne on deck, but he was being a gentleman. Yeah. And because she couldn't drink, they didn't pop the bottle. So yeah, I suggested sure. that they open it up at a later time, a special occasion, maybe when you have the baby. Yeah. So um, it was just beautiful because um, it was a reminder of the passion that I have for what I do. Yes. And, and it, sh- it showed how what I do actually works.
3: yes yes. you know and it
1: it makes my clients feel like this is what i'm paying for like she's not cheap but yeah it's worth it you know so you know at the end of the day i would say it was a beautiful experience for me you know and i always say one day i wish god sends me a man that wows me like that just in case anybody looking hey i like (laughs) surprise let
0: me tell you I was I was just in the doghouse, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, you know the doghouse.
1: By the way, how are the eggs?
0: Oh, the, they're wonderful. Wonderful. I'm about awesome. to. When you get to talking again, I'm gonna kill the last three. <laughs> Did you want one? <laughs> Did Annie want one? You want awesome. one?
3: Awesome. Okay. <laughs> she's,
0: she's experienced. I'm gonna, kill, it. I'm gonna kill the next three when we when we get off uh, into you talking again. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> when um. When I say I was in a doghouse, you know, you could be in a doghouse, but the chain was around my neck. And every time I tried to run out the doghouse and make a way back to the house, it just kept pulling me back. Wow. You know what I'm saying? So You're I was in there. I, Yeah, I was in there. Yeah. I was on my last leg. So price and everything wasn't, you know, once I once I said to myself, it. yo, John, it, it's too late now. You got to you got to come out of this spot. You were just mm-hmm. in a dark spot. You got to come out of it. I was like, you know what? Anything you need to do. I didn't even mm-hmm. go to sleep that night.
1: Yeah, I remember you told me you were up all. I night. I was
0: up the whole night cooking and cleaning, and yeah. not cooking. I'm lying. I'm um, cleaning and and wiping yeah. and moving all my computer and everything mm-hmm. away. I just want to make sure that you had all the space mm-hmm. that you needed to be able to do what you needed to do. Right. right? So, um, let's let's go to you. What's your favorite dish?
1: To eat or cook?
0: Both. That's
1: interesting. Okay. Ah, uh, because I mean, I'm I'm a foodie. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I would, if I had to answer it broadly to eat, it would be seafood. I yeah. could eat seafood every day.
0: Yeah. Is that a new Orleans thing or is it I just, think so. Yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. every time we My go. My
1: auntie, to- the one that's sitting here that I told was like a mom to me, she was feeding us fish and grits as kids. Yeah. And I mean, fresh fish because she lived on the levee for some years at one of their houses and she has a lot of boys. And they would go and get us fresh fish. Mm. We we were eating fish and grits as kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: So um you mentioned something earlier, um, restaurants. Let's talk about uh how intricately uh involved you were in a restaurant how much it, it took you away from did do you feel that it took you away from the individual individualization that you specialize in, or do you think that it just kinda added? How did how did the restaurant come about your whole journey with uh starting your own chef? Thing or whatever
1: katrina happened in 2005 yeah and at that time um i i was divorced from husband number one mm-hmm. and i had five young children yeah and i was running my nursing service so okay. when i evacuated i had my patient with me who was in her 90s in the early stages of alzheimer's and i had my five kids and my two dogs mm-hmm. so when i evacuated initially i went to baton rouge to one of my aunt's on my dad's side. And uh there wasn't really a welcome mat because I had my patient with me. And you know, she felt like my patient should have been with her family and mm-hmm. she felt like I had five kids and I should not have had my patient with me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The patient that I had with me was somebody that I care for on a daily basis and her family left her behind.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I when they, wasn't
0: when they evacuated.
1: Yes. Okay. So I wasn't gonna leave her behind because I I saw her every day and I I brought her over to my townhouse. Mm-hmm. So when I made the decision to leave, she had to come with me. Mm-hmm. So because my aunt wasn't very receptive to me having her, I basically left Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. I spoke with a relative that told me I can come to Houston. Okay. But when I got to Houston. They were nowhere to be found. They didn't answer the phone. So I was kind of stuck out because by then I was basically on my way to being flat broke. Because when I left New Orleans, I had $300. Mm. So after a few days staying in a hotel, motel Mm. rather, here in Houston, I was broke and I realized Katrina was Katrina. Initially, I thought, okay, this is another hurricane. We're going to go back home but at some point I realized Katrina was Katrina and the interstates were closed and it wasn't going back home. Mm. So I went to a shelter, uh, called the star of hope. And all of these stories can actually probably be found if you Google it, because the Houston Chronicle followed my story for the first few years that I was here. No doubt. Because they were so impressed that I I was a mother with five kids. I had a nursing service. I opened the restaurant quick and I, I made my way. But anyway, back to the story, um, I ended up at the Star of Hope shelter. Went there. They had spaghettis and meat sauce that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I fed the kids, fed my patient, bathed them, and I kind of sat and wondered what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. So a lady showed up and said she was there to adopt the family. So initially, I'm thinking like I'm not going with a stranger, but on the other hand, I'm like, I'm homeless. I've lost everything Well some ago. going. So mm-hmm i go with the lady. Um, she lived in off of Calvacade in Houston. No
0: doubt. That's like a uh, fifth ward. Yeah. um Cashmere garden right. area.
1: So we get to her house and I, I see that uh, her house. Uh, her house was wired with extension cards everywhere. Like mm-hmm. her electricity was rigged almost. Mm hmm. So I'm like, oh my god! So, of course, I'm afraid to go to sleep because I honestly thought her house was gonna catch on fire. <laughs> Seriously, it's not funny, but yeah, but that I- was the situation. <laughs> so I, um, I, I go and I, um, put the kids to bed. I put my patient to bed, and I stay up all night because I'm like, I gotta make sure everybody's okay. No doubt. So before prior to that, she had introduced us to to her neighbors because. During that time, people here in Houston, and I'm sure probably other places, they, they were treating us like we were rem- items at a museum. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, hey, we got one. We got yeah. them there from New Orleans. Yeah, yeah. Introducing us to everybody. <laughs> so, you know, that, that that was what it was. You yeah. know, it was either that or they were calling us refugees, one yeah. of the two. Yeah, yeah. So, um, saying that to say, we met the neighbors. So, the next morning... One of the um, Spanish ladies, she's knocking on the door and she's like, it's you, it's you, it's you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you're on the front page of the paper. And I look at the Houston Chronicle paper and it's a picture of me with my head hung down over my steering wheel in my van with my dog and my kids. And I don't know if the patient was showing or not, but it, it said something about a deeper despair and I remember getting so angry because the first thing that I could think about and I skipped that whole part, I'm gonna have to reverse. Go ahead. Um we got the time. first thing Go that ahead, I could man. think about was they caught me at my lowest moment mm. and they put me on the front page of the paper. So I'm like pissed. Mm-hmm. But to reverse, before I went to the Star of Hope shelter, when I went to the I went to the Astrodome first mm-hmm. because I saw on the news that people were going to the Astrodome. Mm-hmm. And they were letting people from New Orleans come there. So when yeah. I went there, the police told me to leave. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean leave? I've spent all my money here. I'm broke. I have nowhere to go. I'm from New Orleans. They said that you had to be on the yellow school buses coming in from New Orleans to come into the astronaut. Mm-hmm. So at that moment, I lost it. I always pride myself on trying to remain professional and carry myself a certain way, speak a certain way, and all of that. But in that moment, I lost all of that mm-hmm. and I went off. Mm-hmm. I said, So, you mean to tell me I've spent all my money in Houston and I didn't say it this nice? I said, But I can't go on the astronaut because I obeyed the mayor and I left in my own transportation, so I can't go in. So, basically, they were like, No. And that's when I saw all the news reporters coming. Towards me and stuff like that and I remember my oldest Daughter said this is not a time for a story My mama is crying Somebody from New Orleans Came to try to give my kids food And the way I raised them is that you can't accept anything From strangers Yeah, and I remember One of them said you know we can't Take it and I remember the lady from New Orleans And I knew she was from New Orleans when I heard her speak She said baby you can have it your mama not gonna fuss at you Now y'all could take it She gave them a lot of snacks So that's when we were directed to the shelter, the Star of Hope. And well, then done. back to that other part I already said. But I had forgot that whole spell. But anyway, that morning, she came over there with the newspaper. We were on the front page of the paper. About an hour after that, by this time, our phones were working again. Mm-hmm. Um, And I got a call from somebody to say, hey, I'm your cousin. My name is Rasha. I had never met her before. Nurika's odd name. My name is very odd. So apparently... One of those cameras that came was CNN as well. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So, my Aunt Mary in Washington,
0: D.C., or the state? D.C. Okay.
1: Had contacted my cousin who I didn't know and said, that's your cousin, find her. So I don't know how she got my number or whatever. But anyway, she came. She's like, I'm your cousin, Rasha. Where are you? I'm coming for you. So she came for me. I was glad because she had a nice luxury apartment on Westheimer. And <laughs> I didn't feel like the house was going to catch you on fire. I was like, yay, yay, yay. You know, we're going somewhere good. Yeah. So we get to her house. And after a few days, you know, she took me to all the FEMA lines. And I, I got a FEMA apartment. But I was blessed because I didn't know anything about Houston. I had been in Houston maybe a year, some time back with my first husband. We we moved to Houston for about a year. Mm-hmm. But I, I stayed inside all the time. I didn't really know anything about the city. Um, said that to say I was blessed because I ended up on the north side. Mm-hmm. When a lot of New Orleanians ended up on the south side. Southwest and some north neighborhoods. A-leaf but Southwest, I ended man. up in a pretty decent area in a brand new apartment that they had just built. So I was, like, five minutes from the airport.
0: Mm, so, you were, uh, yeah. You were, like, in Humboldt somewhere.
1: Yeah, exactly. I was good. I was, like, right before I was on Vickery in the mm, Beltway.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Northland Woods was the name of the apartments. Excuse me. So that's where we ended up. We landed there. And because of the newspaper, that's, that's, that's why I know and believe that everything always works for my good. Because even though I was upset that they caught me at my lowest moment, that took me somewhere. Mm-hmm. So, because in the paper they talked about the fact that I had a 90-something-year-old patient with me, along with my five kids and my two dogs, I had this lady that contacted the newspaper, and the newspaper reporters, one of them contacted me, and I became friends with her. We're friends to this day, Sharon Simon. Mm. Um, We even took a trip to New Orleans together. That's just a long story, but (laughs) but we became good friends, you know? Yeah. But she called me, and she said, there's somebody contacted the newspaper, and they said, if you could... Evacuate in the midst of Katrina with somebody in, with Alzheimer's, with five babies and two dogs. Mm-hmm. We want you to come take care of our daughter.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So this lady was was a prominent person here in Houston that lived in Champions Estate.
0: Mm-hmm. That's off 1960.
1: Yeah, and uh, 249. Yeah. Um, her daughter had cerebral palsy. Mm. She said, "If you have the heart to do that, we want you to take care of Lindsay. Mm-hmm. Beautiful home, elevator in the house, all that, so I took care of Lindsay for about two years I, and they allowed me to take Lindsay to New Orleans. I took her on a trip. We were really close um so the money that I made uh transferring my nursing service here and taking care of Lindsay, I used to open my first restaurant here mm. in Houston. so i uh I had my restaurant and my nursing service going at the same time. No doubt, I had my sister. Working at my restaurant, running my restaurant. My first restaurant I opened was inside of the trading fair for Flea Market on Little York. 630 mm-hmm. Little West Little York was the first restaurant. And it was in the Rika States of New Orleans Okay, was the name of it. Um, I stayed there a year because after being there a year, I realized that having a restaurant inside of a Flea Market, I got people that had Flea Market mentality that wanted to come in there and talk me down on my prices. They wanted $5 worth of gumbo and things I had never heard of. So. <laughs> I branched off to the humble area where I met most of my clients. I still have to this day. Um, and I opened the taste of new Orleans. Number one, my aunt came, my uncle came, uh, I joined the, uh, chamber of commerce in Houston in humble. Um, and I opened the taste of new Orleans. Number one. And I stayed in that building for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, by this time I had married husband number two and, and, uh, endured some things during the course of the marriage that affected my business yeah uh the last restaurant i opened was down the street from that one narika's gumbo and grits my newest concept which i love y'all gotta try the gumbo and grits yeah gumbo and grits together is like awesome yeah it's like heaven in your mouth (laughs) and and this is the crazy thing about it i didn't try gumbo and grits until the restaurant was open for about two weeks because yeah. i had never had time to try it i just knew it tasted good together and it would work but i hadn't tried the two together until after i was open yeah but uh but that was the last restaurant and i closed it um with the issues with the marriage uh you know and the fire marshals came in and i had some coding issues yeah some building issues and i didn't own the property so the best move for me at that time was to close yeah So that's why I closed that third restaurant and I'll be opening the new one before this year is out. Um, But that third restaurant was was very successful. I made a lot of money within that one month that I was in that building Um, over $20,000 profit in less than a month. Mm. So I know I've made my name and uh, I'll do well.
0: So um, before we continue on in the conversation, um, what songs on your mind right now? Let us see pieces of me. Let us see pieces of, of me.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. And, uh, I'm going to go with off the Nipsey Hussle album, victory lab. I'm going to go with, um, I'm going to go with victory lab, mm. um, for you. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, the reason moving on, the reason why I say that is because I hear <clears throat> independency survivor and I hear, uh, making uh taking your lap around all the misery that came about you know the the hurricane and everything mm-hmm. and finally getting that last that that victory lap where you where you start to elevate mm-hmm. and you start to get recognized as this person that's that's finally finished first in your race mm-hmm. um so how much of the um despair how much of the uh sorrow how much of the grit that you use to elevate yourself out of that time period do you say goes into your cooking? all of it okay
1: um but cooking is so therapeutic for me okay it's like i'm blessed i get paid well to do what i love to do no doubt and 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 i'm such a beast at it and i say beast because i can think of no other word because I do things like you saw me do it. I do things within minutes that takes people a day or two to do.
0: Listen, I mean. the way you was whipping that egg and and <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I was over here like I
1: saw you looking I'm, like I'm damn, telling you, man. I know you was worried. You didn't think everything was gonna be right.
0: Listen, I'm telling you, man. You when, when I looked at my watch. <laughs> I looked at my watch because I'm. You get. I'm not an irritable person. And as an optimistic, I don't know. I don't ever get to the point where I'm too high, too low. Mm-hmm. But when when that when that sun start to come up, I looked outside the window. I was sitting on the couch thinking about when is she going to pull up, man? When is she going to call me, man? Make sure I don't want to fall asleep because I don't want to miss this phone call. But I'm looking. I see the sun come up. So I start I get up and I start to pace. <laughs> I'm looking at my watch. I'm like, man, yo, come on. Like what? What time? When is she going to get here? i need this i need it i know she's getting off
1: each time we talk i was like so cool and calm in (laughs) your mind i know she's
0: getting off soon when is she getting here and i start to pace and then that phone call coming i might have took the stairs downstairs because i was just like man you need to get in here and start to whip 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 but then you got in there and you just start to make things pop i was like damn like like she got it, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I, I I greatly appreciate you for just dropping everything that you had to do, mm-hmm. um, and and coming to help me get out that doghouse, man. Because I am telling you, man. I don't ever want to be in that in that place again. And my wife was like, you know what? I was like, did you like it when you left? And she yeah. was like, yes, it was thoughtful. And I said, God damn, um, uh, thank you,
3: thank <laughs> you, <laughs> thank you. Woosa,
1: right? Yes, yes. That's like today. <laughs> I had a very very busy day. But my aunt is one of my biggest cheerleaders, so she don't doubt me. Yeah. But she even gave me my props. She was like, "Ricky, you had it under control." Cause I cooked a pot of gumbo, in in the midst of running errands, you know, visiting the daughter in the hospital and doing a million and one other things. I had to meet with clients, collect payments, and do other things. But at the end of the day, everything was on point. Yeah. It's like I got it. I got it under control. So, so she kept saying, "Ricky, when are you gonna get ready? When are you gonna do this?" I said. I got it. Yeah. I kept telling her 5 minutes. She said you said 5 minutes 5 minutes ago. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it all comes together.
0: Yeah.
1: And I got it. You know, because it's it's what I do.
0: So, let me let, let let's paint a scenario right quick. So, um, I'm in a 1-month relationship with uh uh my girlfriend, right? And this mm-hmm. is just an example. And I call you um to I guess early off in the stage of our relationship woo her. Mm-hmm. what are you going to suggest that I do?
1: First of all, I'm going to ask you what's her favorite color. Okay. What's her favorite meal. Okay. Is there anything that she doesn't eat or is there anything that she's allergic to? Okay. And then I might ask you your budget. Okay. Because one month in, you may not want to spend that much. <laughs> you know, so once I decide if you have a beer or a champagne budget, yeah. then I'll tell you what I can do.
0: So let me say, let me say I have a beer, a beer budget. What, What's that looking like?
1: It's looking like I'm going to tell you you need to up that budget if you want Celebrity Chef Narika to come.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: You know, and then I'm going to tell you what I can do on the low end. So okay. So the high end. So
0: take me to the low end.
1: The low end might uh, could get me to come out for about $250 maybe, Okay. Okay. Depending on how far you are from me. Yeah. You know, and that will get you maybe um, a salad, a three-course meal, and maybe a dessert.
0: And you know what? I think that that would do it. Mm-hmm. For the first, you know,
1: yeah, because some people don't want to spend that much. Yeah, I
0: think you know? that would do it.
1: You're in a different situation. It's your wife. Yeah, she's pregnant. Yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, you're in the doghouse. So uh-huh. Like you willing to, you know, pay the big box.
0: And listen, uh for 150 dollars more, whatever it was that I paid was five, six, whatever it was that I paid, uh it was well worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think. I'm I,
1: happy that you feel that with
0: it me. was. It was well worth it. Let me tell. you I always you,
1: want my clients to feel like it was worth it. You l- know? Let
0: me tell you this. Uh, I'm the type of person, man, um, that when I feel that somebody has my genuine interest involved, it's no limits that I don't go for that person. Yeah. Right. And so I say that to say that, say this on this podcast, what I like to do is I like to see where the creatives and I have the creative and I have a similar path that we're going. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I know that for whatever I can do to help you um, to prosper, to uh, generate business, I'm all for. Oh, because so you kind of, no, no, I'm serious. You kind of just like, people, I don't think that people understand what the doghouse is. I'm, I'm just gonna keep going back to it because it was just a, yeah. normally my wife is the type, like if I if I make her mad, mm-hmm. I'ma feel it for a while. And she's always better at that type of sentiment than I am mm-hmm. being able to uh, navigate that sentiment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was it was dark in the apartment. Mm. it was one of those things where you leave the crib and you just like, Hey, I'm about to go. And it was one of those things where it was like, all right. Mm -hmm. And then you get out, you get out the house and you look at your phone. Like, you know, all right. right. right, So she's going to text me now. Oh, she ain't texting me now. I text her and then it just be like, okay. All right. So I was like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. I hollered at my man. I was like, E it ain't looking good, man. He was like, what you going to do? I was like, I don't know. And I kept trying to say well no nah, that ain't right that ain't right till i just let go and said okay i gotta do what i gotta do, mm-hmm. do tell me what i need to do because mm-hmm. i was just lost um
1: I'm telling you, Sakara's is like, she said, you need to add another feature that you save relationships because I mean, I've done this for a lot yeah. of people. That's the
0: same thing you expressed to me when you got you there. Know, it's
1: like, I, I'm that girl. I'm that go-to. Like, okay, you got problems in your relationship. I got you. I'm about to make her love you again.
0: <laughs> <No>. <laughs> she did. I'm
1: about to make her feel like she's all that.
0: I got a kiss in it. You know what I'm saying? I got a mm. kiss in it. Hello. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got a kiss in it. So uh, I knew I was back on the same boat. Today hmm. is April the 30th, 2019. Mm-hmm. And we got 245 more days left in 2019. What do you hope to accomplish in those 245 days?
1: What I will accomplish is I will open my next restaurant.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, I will get more clients.
3: Okay.
1: I will uh, get more clients with my meal prep, which is a new feature that I am doing. Okay. Uh. And I will continue to grow and continue to be great and continue to get my name out there and continue to become known in the Houston area. Okay. Uh, I have a brunch coming up in Louisiana on May the 25th that I'm very excited about. We have a vendor that's going to be doing a sipping and painting. So I'm tapping into other things as well and being innovative and making my brunches interesting and uh, finding my niche Okay. because my brunches are very different. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, you said meal prepping, uh, how do, do you think that that stiffens or, or you know, subdues your creativity when it comes to preparing meals? No or way.
1: the client that I delivered to today has already texted me awesome, amazing, fantastic. That's mm. just on two things. Mm. My aunt being here, she's into uh healthy cooking and preparing different things, and she gave me some pointers this morning, yeah. And what I delivered was very colorful, vibrant, very tasty and and delicious mm. because uh, I had incorporated smoothies for her a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. She's been a client for a while. She pays by the month. And and she texted me one day and she's like this tastes real, I'm sorry. Real shitty. She said, but I'm going to drink it because she trusts what I say. Yeah. But today it was it tastes amazing. It's good. It's fantastic. So I was happy. So I am growing daily and creating new things and creating new recipes to help people cleanse their bodies and be healthy and lose the inches. Yeah. She has a vacation coming up soon with her husband. So she's on crunch time. So that's why we <laughs> yeah. yeah we went to like all liquids, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I'm excited about it. So it, no, it doesn't hurt because I mean, I get paid well for what I do
0: Yeah,
3: no
1: matter what I'm doing. Um, and, and I'm happy to help people achieve their goals.
0: Yeah, for sure. So l- listen, I know that, you know, um, uh, Previously on my podcast, I had, uh, one of my frat brothers, um, he was on episode four. He said that he wasn't a chef because he didn't go to school. You mentioned that you went to school. What type of training um, do you get in that in that situation of, of chef school? What type of training do you get?
1: So official chef school, I haven't been to. I've had some chef classes within my high school courses.
0: OK,
3: I
1: accredit my culinary skills to my family. OK, my grandmother being around my aunt. My aunt was the only one in the family that was into oriental food and healthy food really i mean now lately my mom has gotten more healthy with her cooking but i'm talking about my childhood as far as like childhood i was exposed to culinary geniuses within my family Mm -hmm. my grandmother my mom my aunt Mm -hmm. uh and and they uh i would say they had no problem letting us experiment in the kitchen and teaching us things and then getting married young i learned to uh do my own thing in the kitchen Mm. and and i enjoyed cooking uh, so I, I learned as i went so i accredit my skills to my upbringing okay and and being from new orleans and, okay. and and uh living and experiencing the new orleans culture and the new orleans way of life
0: let me ask you an unbiased question mm-hmm. i'm traveling down i-10 east on the way to new orleans mm-hmm. okay and i hit you up i'm like yo narika I'm on the way to the boot. I'm on the way to New Orleans. What place are you gonna tell me to go to first if it's not your spot?
1: Well, while you're on the road, uh I always I like Harlequins in okay. Lake Charles. Okay. Um I know the chef there. I like Billy's Boudin and Scott, Louisiana. A lot of people like Don's. I prefer Billy's. But once you actually get to the city, I would tell you not to go in the French quarters. I would tell you you have to go into the neighborhoods.
3: Okay.
1: Uh, Cajun seafood is a staple. Uh, there's Willa May's Scotch House for fried chicken. Mm. Uh, yeah. There's Jean's Po' Boys, you know, if you're not watching Calories. Uh, there is Cafe Dumont in the French quarters that I would recommend because I wouldn't recommend the Cafe Dumont in the mall. <laughs> um, I wouldn't, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you, you got to get down into the neighborhood. Yeah. Um, there's another place I was trying to think of. I think it's called Sammy's or something like that on Elision fields. Mm. Pretty good. Uh, but, but I would say you got to get in the neighborhoods. Don't go to the quarters, get, get, get in the neighborhood. Yeah. You know, even some of the corner stores, believe it or not, there's a corner store on banks and broad that I go to every time I'm there yeah. and get stuff from. So it just depends on, you know, what I'm doing at the time. Because if I'm watching my calories, certain places I won't go to. Like, I won't go to jeans because that's bread, you know. Yeah. But um, if I'm just being loose in my city, like most of the time I am, and I work it off, I deal with it later, I'm going to make sure I hit all the spots in the neighborhood.
0: Do you think as a, a chef and you know, as somebody who is getting paid to do, getting paid top dollar to do what you do, do you think that you – have surpassed your mother, your aunt, your grandmother in the kitchen,
1: <laughs> with my auntie sitting right across from me. Right? <laughs>
0: do you think okay. you surpassed? Do you think you surpassed her?
1: oh Let me answer this. <laughs> wow. Okay.
0: What's next? What's hmm. going down?
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna answer this like like they would want me to answer this first of all my mom would tell you that she beat me in a gumbo cook-off that i hosted at my restaurant okay which i didn't have a problem with because you're one of my teachers so that was cool she got first place i got second place um my aunt there's things that she does that i'm not into yet i'm still pulling from her from the healthy side Um, I'm still trying to learn how to do Mexican and Oriental foods, which I've mastered some Mexican foods because I had a client that requested Mexican cuisine. So what I did was I took a field trip to a Mexican restaurant. I ordered what they requested from me. And then I asked for the chef to come out and have a consultation with me. And that night I wowed that client. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm still learning. I mean, they're, they're older than me. They've been doing it longer than me. So of course, uh, my aunt has a company. And my mom does different little things from time to time. But my grandmother never really um, took her expertise to the level of making money from it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I wouldn't say that I've surpassed them. I would just say I'm in a different lane with it. Uh, I'm doing different things. uh, But I I could never outdo them as far as knowledge because they've been doing it longer than me. Yeah. You know, but I'm in a different lane. I'm doing different things. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm still young and I got a long ways to go. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Any said, said good
0: answer. <laughs> good
1: answer. Oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: uh, so uh um um are your are your spices secret? The stuff that you season your food with. Do you do you keep some of those them. okay some
1: of them. And uh I was speaking with someone about uh because at, at my other restaurants My children were primarily my staff. Okay. I've had other staff, but primarily it was the children. But the children are now, they're now women doing their own thing. Mm -hmm. So when I open the next restaurant, I'm going to have to have a full, probably outside staff. So I was discussing that with someone just recently here. And uh, my goal is to have the things that I use packaged to whereas no one knows my recipe. Mm-hmm. because i do have some things that are family secrets and uh like my pecan candy recipe it's my grandmother's recipe mm-hmm. um so yeah i mean and i'm working on a cookbook as well okay but and i mean i won't share everything there either but um
0: some of them are secrets yeah
1: some things are you know some things i'm not going to release as to how i do it because it's my thing okay you know, it's my brand it's mine
0: do you have um uh any one of your daughters that uh that, that following your footsteps in in, in culinary I, I
1: wouldn't say that. I have two that are married that cook from time to time, but I don't think any of them are interested in doing what I do per se. Okay. Um, but they all kind of know my recipes because they've helped so much. Okay. They they kind of know what I do.
0: Okay. Um, so listen, on the What's Next podcast, the podcast is all about bringing creatives out, mm-hmm. okay? And when I bring these creatives out, I want to ask them about your journey. And your journey thus far for me has been fascinating oh, thank you. up until today right mm-hmm. so um i pose this question and i have two things to say before we wrap this episode up i pose this question what's next for chef narika
1: what's next is uh i complete the cookbook and i open the next restaurant which will be narika's gumbo and grits number 1 um i'm actively looking for a spot either mm. in the heights or the Umbo area okay i have a real estate agent act- actively looking um that would be what, what's immediately next but uh also what's next is just learning new ways to make customers happy and new ways to get new clients and just continue to provide the best taste of new orleans i can to the houston area
0: okay um what I like to do on the podcast is I like to give out this black SVI t-shirt exclusively for those creatives that come on the podcast. It's mm-hmm. just a signal of my company that you were on here. And anytime I see you in it, I know that you did the podcast. Nobody mm-hmm. else in the city of Houston, in the state of Texas, has that black black SVI t-shirt. And I wanted to give that out to you, man. Um, mm-hmm. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thank
1: you for having me. Houston,
0: Texas, man. That's our time. Peace and blessings. Peace and blessings.
2: Yo, I feel like 95. Saatchi on my body. Biggie, chick, Puffy All that ballin' is a hobby. And I'm no wildin' in my walleys. No valleys, no Pilates. More way, get you more way. Nah, that's these Buranti. In My crystal ball, I see crystal. I like crystal y'all with that. I saw the sign like Ace face That Ace of Spanky crack me like. Cheers to the money guy. The willy niggas. Who buy them bottles. And then they spill these liquors. Yo, yo, salute my dude. Yo, five bottles, one dick, why I need to rocks? I know I'm out of line, but love is shower time You know it rose rain, when your cloud is nine Get off that high ass huntsy, this a private party Been on my dick too long, your breath on private party You gon' be nice and naughty, these walls on priceless arty This the upper crust, fuck is up over and over over, over. over. Yes, Over. we did it again Sipping Over. with no most. We gon' do it again And we gon' do it again What we doin' again? Over. Oh,